happy Mother's Day, first and foremost, to all the mamas out there. I want to say for, um, thank you. Um, thank you for all that you do for your families. Thank you for the sacrifices that, that you've made. And um, I also do want to take just a, um, just a quick um, time to also be sensitive to some of you that, that maybe Mother's Day brings up a little bit of hurt um, and a little bit of grief. I know for me, um, this day is kind of bittersweet. I love being a mom, and so I love celebrating that. Um, but also, I lost my mom six years ago. And so if you're in this place and you bring a little bit of pain, um, I want you to know that I'm with you, okay? If you have maybe lost your mom or maybe you've been on the other side of that and maybe you've lost a child, I want you to know that you are seen, <laughs> um, that you are loved, and that you are surrounded by a church body of people who just want to love you right where you are. So thank you for being here. You are in the right place this morning. So, um, yeah, I am so pumped to be here this morning. I'm Amy Eads. Sorry for those of you who don't know or for those of you who do, whatever. Um, married to Ben Eads, our wonderful worship director here. And um, I'm just really excited. A little bit nervous, but I think that's a good thing, right? Because that's my reminder of my humanness and my, that my humanness needs to kind of step aside and let space for the Holy Spirit to work this morning. So, um, man, I just... So with that, being a little bit nervous, just make sure you laugh a little bit harder at my jokes. Um, I know that there's a few of you that I've talked to, and when it's appropriate to laugh, make sure you laugh really hard. Um, but I just, um, I love being a mom. Can I just say that? Like, motherhood is amazing. I love every single part of it. I love the stickiness, the, the, literally stickiness, sticky hands because I have little ones. I love the, the tears. I love the hugs. I love the cuddles. I love every part of motherhood. Um, ben and I have two beautiful baby girls. Emma is five and Taya is three. And I love this season that we're in. If you have children that are younger than five, can I just tell you, it's going to get better. It gets better. Um, and I'm just going to get on my little soapbox here because um, when the girls were a little bit younger, we were at Target one time, and um, this woman behind me was like, oh, they're so cute. And, and she said, yeah, but wait till they're teenagers. And we just need to stop that, okay? Because guess what? I'm pumped for my kids to become teenagers because I know that there's a lot of goodness that reigns in our teenagers, Right? That's a good place for an amen. There's a lot of goodness that reigns in our teenagers. Yes, it's hard. I get it. I know. But we just need to stop the just wait till and, and get excited and encourage um, parents that maybe are, have younger children um, than us and just tell them that just take, take, the, take the title of champion, right? We are champions of parenthood, and we need to encourage those younger than us. Okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. But um, <laughs> the Bible says that children are a blessing from the Lord, and I believe that. I just believe that with everything that I have. Um, let's see, I feel like just as my girls are getting older, we connect more, and just the other day, we, Ben and I were just watching them, and I was like, man, I just, I get what the Lord means when he says, I delight in you, and we are his children, and the Lord delights in us, and so today on Mother's Day, I hope that you get the opportunity just to delight in your children. And I hope that you know that the Lord that today delights in you right where you are. Okay, so let's get to it. The title of my talk today is Coming and Going. Does anybody else, sorry, I'm gonna, this is, okay. Um, anybody else kind of get the two confused? Like, 
am I, am I coming or am I going to get going? Anybody else, like, in life? Yeah, thank you for honesty. Yeah, like, am I coming? And I, am I going? Life can bounce us so, around so much that we feel like a beach ball at a Nickelback concert. Good job. That's a good, that's a good place to laugh, right? <laughs> and while that is a little humorous, I think that um, some of us relate all too well to that beach ball being bounced back and forth between work and life and social events and finances and whatever else, you name it. So I'm here to share some things that the Lord has been laying on my heart in this season. And I believe that the Lord wants to make a new definition for the coming and the going. In this world that has no intention for slowing down, I think it's time that we take a stand and change the way that we approach coming and going. So coming. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to start with, we're going to talk about the coming, talk about the going, We'll top it off with a cherry, and it'll be awesome. So coming. Their new definition of coming is coming to the Lord. Okay? Drawing near to his goodness. James 4, 7 and 8 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Mm, that's a good word. And I I honestly, I didn't really grasp this concept until a little bit later in my walk with Jesus. I would, I feel like I would set myself up for failure every single time. I would set my alarm for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. I would get up. The birds would be chirping. I uh, would get my Bible out and set it out and have my coffee perfectly warm. and, And it was just like Instagram perfect, okay? And, um... But what would happen? Maybe one of the kids would get up. Maybe I would spill my coffee. The dog would be barking about something. The cat would be meowing because she's hungry. Something would mess it up. And so if I had it in my mind, if I didn't get that time with Jesus right then and right there, well, my whole day was just going to be a disgrace. I would set myself up for failure. And now I'm learning that there's a lot of freedom, what it looks like to draw near to the Lord. It looks different to each one of us, and there's not a right way or a wrong way, but we still come. I'm going to talk about two ways that I have found that, um, that work for me in drawing near to the Lord. So what does that look like for you? What does it look like to put everything aside, no distractions, and draw near to the Lord? So we have this bird feeder in our house, and it's one of those that suction cups to the window, and there's a, like, one of those one-way, was it, yeah, one-way mirrors where the birds can't see in, but we can see them. So it's so fun, because we get to see birds really close, but what happens is, is the birds are a little messy, so they drop seed, and then that calls for other animals and other creatures to come, and so I think we might have a picture of this. Yes, we should, I mean, we should, I don't think, but we should. Particularly squirrels will come right up to the window. Yeah, this is self-control right here, right? (laughs) This is our dog, Nala. She's adorable, and I love her very much. Um, But I'm not one of those crazy dog owners. Or maybe I am. I just don't know it yet. Okay, so anyway, so these squirrels will come right up to the window like this. And her and Nala and the squirrels will just sit there and like stare at each other. And it's, it's just, it's hilarious. But every morning I get up and I draw back the curtains and sure enough, without fail, Nala will come running up right to her place on the couch right there and wait. Because she knows 
who's coming. She knows what's coming. The other morning I was sitting next to her and she was literally like shaking, trembling with excitement because she knows what's coming and nothing can distract her from it. We've tried to close the window. We've tried to put like a barricade, like treats, like nothing can distract her from this. Every single morning she comes. Are you coming to the Lord expecting to hear from him and to see him. We should be like this every moment of every day. There is nothing that can distract us from coming, expecting to hear from the Lord. So maybe you're thinking, yeah, that sounds great, like the coming and the, you know, the coming to the Lord. Maybe that sounds great, but you don't understand my schedule or, or you don't understand my, my list, my to-do list or my time constraints. I'm here to tell you, there will be no perfect time for your quiet time with the Lord. Your quiet time may in fact not be so quiet. (laughs) Come anyway. Every moment is a new chance for you to draw near to the Lord. If you're waiting for the time, the energy, the motivation, the focus to draw near, come anyway. You might not feel like reading. You might not understand what the passage is talking about, unsure where to start. You might have doubt or unbelief that comes. Come anyway. That's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit as our helper. Come anyway. Because you are not the only one showing up. The Lord will meet you there. So I said there will be two, two things that, that I have found in my walk that um, that the Lord has been teaching me um, on, my, on how I come to the Lord. The first, pretty simple, we got to be in the word. <clears throat> if we are going to draw near to the Lord, we have to know more about him and the way, and the way to do that is through the word. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another showing us the truth, exposing our rebellion, ouch, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together. There are some days where I need to be put together. Amen. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. I'll tell you something that the Lord shared with me recently, and um, <laughs> this was kind of uh, kind of eye-opening to me. It was kind of one of those things where I was like, oh, yeah. But this book, you may know this already. You may be a little smarter than me and already know this, but this is what the Lord revealed to me. This book is not about us. This book is about God and his promises. And so what I would do is sometimes I, if I can confess this, sometimes I would sit and I would, okay, all right, Lord, what does this say about me? It was a very me-centered relationship that I had with the Lord. And uh, he just very gently said, it's not about you, Amy. It's not about you. If we are going to build our coming to the Lord through the lens of who the Bible says that we are, 
it will crumble. It will not sustain. So when we read this book, I have, I have homework for you. Yes, you're welcome. Here is my challenge, my homework for you, is when you go home and you start to read your Bible, before you get into any kind of passage, you need to ask yourself, what does this teach me about the Lord and his promise? What does this teach me about God? Because that's the foundation that we should be building, is that God says that he will never forsake us. He is always there for us. God says he is faithful. That is what we need to be building on. Um, yes. So the second way, so the first way is being in the word. And if you don't understand something that you're reading, just we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us. But secondly, connecting. The second thing is connecting to the Holy Spirit. You guys, this is something that we get to do. We do not have to come to the Lord, but we get to. We get to enter into his presence. John 14, verse 16 says this. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Who is thankful for a helper? Yeah. (laughs) Put both hands up for that. We get full access to the Holy Spirit who Jesus left us with. When my mom passed away, she passed away in November, and Ben and I had tried for, um, at this point it had been about five years to get pregnant, and uh, um, she passed away in November, and um, in January we found out that we were pregnant with Emma, and I remember having this thought of like, obviously I was so excited, but then I had this like, wave of grief that hit me like how am I going to do this how am I supposed to learn to be a mom when I don't have a mom and the Lord and his goodness he just gently said to me Amy you have access to the greatest parent that there ever was so what does this look like this looks like for me in, in, help, in having the Holy Spirit help me, this looks like, Holy Spirit, come now. Teach me. Show me how to parent my kids. And if you're not a parent yet, this is, God, send your Holy Spirit right now to help me with whatever situation you have. We have full access to the Holy Spirit. Jesus went and died and the veil was torn so that we can have full access to the Holy Spirit. That is something to get excited about this morning. <clears throat> I have trained and I am still training myself that when chaos in my house starts to come, I come to the Lord. When Jesus Uh, We come to Jesus, not just for us and connecting, but we come for those, for the little ones around us. Um, Not too long ago, Ben and I are one of those parents who we really um, aren't very particular about what our, like, kids wear. Like, they're at five and three now. Obviously, we'll get to a point where we'll be like, (laughs) no. But um, they, they come up with some crazy outfits. What I mean is they come up with some crazy outfits. We tell them to go pick out an outfit to get dressed by themselves, and they come up with some stuff, and I'm like, okay. Okay, that's fine. It's appropriate. We're not, you know, whatever. As long as it's appropriate for the weather and everything like that. Like, they're really into wearing their bathing suits all the time, um, you know, which Indiana weather 
you, it's a hit or miss, right? It's a flip of a coin whether you can wear your bathing suit or not. But um, <clears throat> so not too long ago, Taya, our youngest, our three-year-old, she um, had been working on putting her shirt on by herself. And if you know Taya, that's no easy task because she has um, a big head, a big noggin, just like her daddy, okay? So this is not an easy task for her. She's our beautiful, wonderful bobblehead, and we love her so much. Um, but, <laughs> but it's kind of funny to see her struggling a little bit in that cute little shirt, okay? Um, but so when she finally got that shirt on, when she finally is getting into the, to the place where she can get her shirt on by herself, um, I remember being like, yes, you did it! But if I'm honest, there was this part of me that was like, my baby. That means you don't need mama's help anymore. And so there was this bittersweet moment of like, yes, but like, you did it all by yourself. You know, you're getting so, you know, that's okay. Teenagers, when your mom gets a little emotional like that, just let her be, okay? It happens. Um, (laughs) But as a parent, that's one of our goals, right? Our our goals as parents is to, to make sure that our kids grow up to be independent of us and, um, and just to grow on to be um, awesome, awesome kids. But, but mommies and daddies, hear me on this. And aunties and uncles, if you have kids in your life, hear me on this. It is also our job to make sure that they grow dependent of the Holy Spirit. Our children will outgrow their need for us, but they will never outgrow the need for the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 6, 18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Our day should be filled with an ongoing conversation with the Holy Spirit. When you don't know how to parent your kids, when somebody puts something crazy on social media, before you respond, you should be, should be pulling in on the Holy Spirit. Guide me, teach me. Give yourself a time out and pray. You don't know how to pray? Here is one of the most powerful prayers I've ever learned. You can try this too. Here's some of your homework too. Jesus. 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 That's it. The name of Jesus is a powerful prayer. Because as we know, it is in the name of Jesus that chains are broken. It's in the name of Jesus that strongholds crumble. It's in the name of Jesus that storms calm. You don't know how to pray? Pray the name of Jesus. John, I'm going to read now here in John 20, starting at verse 10. And this is... um, So this is after Jesus' crucifixion. And here Mary is coming to the tomb. Starting with verse 11 here. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over, looking into the tomb, and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken the Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? I'm just going to stop right here because this, um, as I was reading this, I was like, man, I just love, I love Mary. 
basically what we just read, I'm going to kind of, this is the Amy version. So, um, so basically what we just read, Mary loved Jesus and she cared for Jesus. And here she is. She just watched him die the most gruesome death ever. She comes to the tomb to take care of his body. She's already crying. She looks in and his body's not there. So another wave of grief hits her. And she hears somebody ask you, woman, why are you crying? And she's like, I just, I just came to see Jesus and he's not here. And then she hears another voice, woman, why are you crying? Were, were you not just standing? This would be my reaction, okay? I'm putting myself in, Jesus, in, in Mary's shoes. What, did, you, did you not just hear somebody just ask me why I was crying? And then you ask the same question. Mamas and parents of multiple kids, can you relate a little here, right? So child one comes in asks a question. You answer it. Two seconds later, child two enters and asks the exact same question. Are you, are you serious right now? Like, are you serious? But Mary, in her grace and her love, this is why I love Mary, right? If you don't get anything out of this today, get this, that we just need to be a little bit more patient when people ask us the same question in like two seconds, right? I just thought that was hilarious, this book. Yeah, it's just, it's good. Anyway, okay, I digress. So... <laughs> He asks her, woman, why are you crying? This is Jesus. Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. You see, <clears throat> Mary knew what it meant to come. She was there at the start of Jesus' ministry she was at the foot of the cross during the crucifixion, and she was there at the tomb. She probably had many reasons not to go to the tomb that morning, but she came anyway. <clears throat> she came because she loved and cared for Jesus. You see, she had an experience with Jesus. Jesus was the man that, that not too, long, or too um, far before this, he had healed her. He had cast seven demons out of her. He healed her with a word and a touch. She had an experience with Jesus. That's why we come out of thanksgiving. We come to grow and to learn and connect. We need to recognize that there's nothing more important in our day than coming to Jesus. So we talked about coming. We talked about what it means, not this, this worldly coming and going and blah, that just stresses me out thinking about it. But we've talked about the coming, the coming, what that means to slow down and to come and to just be with the Lord. Now we're gonna talk about the going. <clears throat> this is real quick, so if you're hungry, because I am. Um, so, <laughs> but this is good stuff. This is good stuff, okay? So now, we're going to pick up in this story, and I'm going to read from um, the Jesus Storybook Bible. If you have little kids, this is an amazing, amazing book. I'm, I have no affiliation with them. I just really like it. Um, and so when, I, um, when Tyson asked me to, to, um, to speak to you guys on Mother's Day, um, I was actually, I had read this story to my girls, and so I thought it would be appropriate um, to, to finish the story with this interaction with Jesus and Mary with, um, with reading this. So, um, Mary, says Jesus. Only one person said her name like that. 
She could hear her heart thumping. She turned around. She could just make out a figure. She shaded her eyes to see and thought she was dreaming. But she wasn't dreaming. She was seeing. Jesus, she cried out. Mary fell to the ground. Sudden tears filled her eyes and great sobs shook her whole body. All she wanted in that moment was to cling to Jesus and never let go. That's a great example of what it means to come, to cling to Jesus and never let go. You'll be able to hold on to me later, Mary, Jesus said gently, and always be close to me. But now go and tell the others that I am alive. Mary ran and ran all the way to the city. She had never run so fast or so far in her life. She felt she could have run forever. She didn't even feel like her feet touched the ground. The sun seemed to be dancing and gleaming and bounding in the sky, racing with her and shining brighter than she could ever remember in the clear, fresh air. And it seemed to her that morning as she ran, almost as if the whole world had been made anew, almost as if the whole world was singing with joy. The trees, the tiny sounds in the grass, the birds, her heart. You see what happens when we have an interaction with Jesus and when we come, when we practice the coming, we don't just stop there. We have to now go and tell of the goodness of God. <clears throat> so we talked about the coming, the coming to the Lord with expectancy and no distractions. Just as Jesus tells Mary to go and tell he tells the same thing to all of us, is to go and tell of the goodness of God. This last fall, I had the amazing opportunity to do something that I've wanted to do for a really long time, and that was become a Revelation Wellness instructor. Now, for those of you who do not know what Revelation Wellness is, Revelation Wellness is a, um, a ministry that exists with, um, by telling the gospel through fitness. And it's, it's just... It's an awesome, awesome thing. So, um, but in, in Revelation Wellness um, culture, we talk about um, delivering the pizza. And I am now claiming over you that you are all pizza delivery people. Turn to your neighbor and say, deliver the pizza. If you got a neighbor on the other side, don't leave them out. Make sure everybody knows that you are now a pizza delivery person. You're like, what am I? Ta what are you talking about? Right? I, I know. I'm sorry. Don't you? Don't you kind of hate it a little bit whenever anybody gets up here and talks about food? And you're like, yeah, pizza sounds so good right now, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. You'll go get your pizza in just a second as we finish up here. <clears throat> so you are officially pizza delivery people. Your job is to deliver the pizza. That's it. Your job is to is not to make sure they eat the pizza to make sure they enjoy the pizza, to make sure that they write an amazing Yelp review on the pizza. Your job is to go and deliver the pizza. Your job is to go and deliver the good news of God. It's not to save their soul. There's only one person that can do that, and his name is Jesus. Your job is to deliver the pizza, okay? Can we do that today? Can we deliver the pizza, right? <clears throat> Your job is to go and to tell. So as we finish up here, um, we have a new definition of coming and going, right? 
We're done with this worldly coming and going and going and coming and where am I right now? Am I coming or am I going? We're done with that. We're done with the worldly chaos. And we are now going to transition into the coming and going, the coming to the Lord and the going and telling of the goodness of God. As we close this morning, I want to do something. Um, Another phrase that we like to use a lot in Revelation Wellness Do you want this one? Another phrase we like to use a lot is getting comfortable being uncomfortable. So I told you that Revelation Wellness was a fitness ministry. So if we just all want to um, get up, we're going to, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Chill out, relax. We're not going to do, we're not going to do a fitness class here. Okay, chill out. People were really like, oh, what? I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Um, But we are going to get comfortable being uncomfortable as a, as a body of believers, um, we're just going to come together and we're going to practice coming. We're going to practice what that means for us to come and to be before the Lord. So whatever that looks like to you this morning, okay, maybe that looks like you can just stay in your seat with your hands open ready to receive what the Lord has for you, listening, expecting to hear his voice. You can stand. The band's going to sing one more song. You can stand and you are free to worship. If you want, you can come to this side and if you just want to kneel before the Lord and just be before the Lord, get out of your seat and come. If you want to come down on this side, we're going to have a couple of people that that would be happy to pray for you. Maybe as I've been talking, there's some things that God has been stirring in your heart that you need to get rid of. That you need to get rid of that chaotic coming and going and you need to start anew. Let that day be today. So with your eye, if you want to, just whatever that looks like to you today. Whatever that looks like to you. And so the band is going to sing this song, and this, this song is called The Goodness of God. So maybe you just need to come and you need to connect and be reminded of the goodness of God and what this book says about his promises. So as we just, um, as we just sing, wherever you want to be this morning, just come. <laughs>